This is the Harvest Concept Podcast where we talk about martial arts and its connection to mind, body, and spirit wellness. I'm Sarah Schweitzer. And I'm, my co-host. Oh, I'm Justin Martin. Martin. I'm sorry to interrupt you. This is exactly what we're talking about. This it's like safe. balance. Yes, mm-hmm. You feel free. Mm. I like saying my instructor and, and, and teacher. I don't really get to t- say that. I think I refer to you. Like, I don't know that I say that to you very often. Right. I understand that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think that's good to like, uh, I, to, to value that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think as an instructor, one of the big things is kind of, um, upholding your, um, moral obligation to your students. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, we'll bring up this conversation of like, uh, guru. That's, that's how you put it, but you know, teacher, instructor, mm-hmm. um, but also that kind of folds into to life coach and all these other things that are happening, these terms that people are using now um, floating around the internet. And so I think that we see uh, some really weird movements right now. And there's so many documentaries about these different people that have become these leaders and the things that have happened because of that. Some of them are good, mm-hmm. some of them are not good, some of them are really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And it's just all over the place. And so I think that how you select that person that you're going to kind of listen to Mm -hmm. is an important part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I touched on this before, but like in my adult life of martial arts, where I had the choice to explore and decide what martial art I wanted to do, I I did some exploration. And, you know, the Chinese culture didn't uh, ever really catch me uh, too much. I think some of that was my Christian background that like, um, the connection to religion was so heavy with some of those styles that like, I just couldn't get into it. I wasn't going to go in and bow to an altar of, you know, a deity in a school. Um, and then there was also, uh, exploration of Filipino arts. I I was introduced to some Wing Chun Kung Fu by a Chechenian guy. And like, these people were so angry. And a lot of it, um, they taught some really cool martial arts stuff and I have notes from these different teachers, but the problem is that like, I couldn't get on the same page with them because of this like, uh, cultural anger. Um, and the, the violence is not something that I feel I'm, uh, I was raised in. Mm -hmm. And so it was so far removed from me that I just couldn't get into it. Um, Taekwondo was good because it had um, a piece, a balance to it, but I, I still wanted to push further. And I was sitting at lunch with Miss Kim and Dr. Kim and their two uh, grandsons. And Miss Kim asked me, why, why Hamuda? Like, why are you trying to open the school? Like, why are you doing this? Why are you traveling down here so much? And I was like, honestly, it's because of you guys, right? Like I, I the first time I came to Kim's Institute, immediately welcoming, Mm -hmm. you know, people were walking up, saying hello, like, welcome, you know, introducing themselves. Then the next thing was that you saw high ranks on the floor. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just some beginners, uh, first on, second on black belt on the floor. There were fifth on black belts. There were sixth on black belts on the floor with these other students and they were welcoming. And that same attitude flowed all the way down from Dr. Kim through his students. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big part of it. You know, also being a Southern 
person, like that welcoming uh, southernness is, is a big part of it to me also. Um, so I think that was that initial draw in to him being a teacher. But then seeing how deep those students were, how long they've been training with him, it really gave clout to who he was as a person. Sure. Right. And so then as that kind of went on, seeing again how Hamudo was developed and then understanding that Hamudo is uh, Dr. Kim's like roadmap for life. Right. Right. And like, so it's bigger than this little martial art. Like when you really start getting your mind into it and seeing all these little other pieces and you go, oh, wow, like this is so much more than like just taking my kids to martial arts. Right. Right. And so um, once you start understanding those pieces, that's where it's like, oh, wow, this teacher is legit. This is a person that I want to not follow, but like not in the disciple sense, but like, you know, I want to use his roadmap and, you know, put myself on that map, right? And so when I start going to the side one way or the other, then I can come back to where I'm supposed to be and trying to find this mission. And then, so what's the mission? Well, the mission is to live and be respected as a, an older person, right? right? To have family, to have people that still love you and support you and create those things and have a nice, long, healthy life, right? Yes. And yes. so I think that's kind of like my preemptive into this whole like why I follow my teacher and then why that means a lot to me for you to say that to me of like, well, you're my instructor. So like, well, that immediately puts that burden on me that I have to be able to help you follow that same path, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I think, you know, before I came to Hamudo, if someone had asked me or we were, and I think it's even in this conversation, you know, I would have recommended that they not try and find a, someone, an instructor, a teacher, that would lead them in all things. That I think uh, it's very hard and I think that this is why, you know, when we talk about, you know, Dr. Kim and the Kims and, and Kim's Institute and Hamudo and why it is so rare um, to find something where you have a leader and a philosophy and a mission and all of those things that really is about positive, you know, we talk about optim. I mean, I always go back to the student creed. I mean, that's really, if you just fundamentally want to know what Hamudo is, you just have to look at the student creed. It has, it says nothing about kicking and punching in the student creed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it talks about none of those things, right? It right. is, but it is foundational to, to what we do and what we believe and um, foundational to his, philosophy on, on how to how to live a happy healthy life that is in community with with other people how do you do that right and before finding Hamudo I would have said you know you need to find teachers that are good at teaching the particular subject in that they teach right. that we oftentimes ask too much of these individuals that we are expecting them to be all things and that's where we they fall down and where we get disappointed and where people can get into into trouble because they're you know they've gone to someone 
you know, to take yoga or whatever it is, you know, even in the academic setting, you know, Mm -hmm. your instructor is there to teach you that particular subject. If you're going to ask them, you know, if they're an English teacher, you know, you would not expect them to be a math teacher or a science teacher or a social studies teacher. Mm -hmm. But we ask them to be, you know, social workers and, and all sorts of other things, psychiatrists and therapists. And that's not what they're there for, you know, and they're there to teach a very specific thing um and i think that that although i have not taken other martial arts i'm going to just go ahead and project the fact that that that's what they do you know you want to learn how to kick and punch taekwondo is where you go if you want to learn how to live a healthy full life in community with your family and with your broader family your friends those types of things you know, Hamudo, that's what it, that's what it's, it's, it's about. The story I always remember you talking about is Dr. Kim on the floor and he's talking, it's teaching or something and he trips or something and he's like 80 years old and he does a, he does a role and I think, and I thought to myself, that's what I want to be, you know, at, at 80, you know, what I want to be is someone who is able to, you know, participate in the environment in which I live that is not struggling to walk upstairs, that is not doing all, you know, having kind of those difficulties, Mm -hmm. but also someone that is still, you know, participating in community. I think it's very um, common as we get older for isolation and things Mm -hmm. like that to, to kind of set in. And, you know, this reminds us that it is, it, yes, we are supposed to be bettering ourselves, but we are also supposed to be helping others. Right. Yeah. I think it, one more topic I'll add to that is that he's still a student too. Sure. And so, you know, the history of the Hamido black belt is that no one gets a, you know, get a new black belt, you know, Taekwondo, karate, a lot of these other organizations, they'll put bars on the black belt to symbolize like a uh, first on second on third on. And so people want to see all this stuff. They want to see all this acknowledgement, but the Hamido black belts all look the same. And the reason is that he wanted everybody to remind themselves that, they're all still students too. And so it doesn't matter how high level black belt you have, you're, you're just the same as everybody else in, at some level, you know? And so I think the fact that he's still searching out teachers to teach him is, is a big part of that uh, guidance also, you know, um, not, not putting yourself up on the pedestal. Um, I've had teachers that have sat on the pedestal and they think that they're now better than this, that, and the other. And, um, that, that takes away from them, I think, you know, because, uh, when you stop learning, you're stopping that progression and time continues to move no matter what society's going to change. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as a school owner, as, as the owner of harvest and the instructor here, then like we have to somewhat stay with the times, even if I don't want to, right. I still have to modify to do these things, to accept the public, um, while staying true to what we are. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I I like what you're saying about, um, uh, him and the, with him being this moral compass too. uh, I like the fact that he is very modest in what he does. You know, um, I think that instructors are, uh, people that are, are leading and we survive on the money of our students, right? Um, 
And uh, if you back up in history to um, the founder of Taekwondo, and General Choi, he, um, he has some really great interviews where he's talking about his students, but referring to them as disciples in the sense because they're his longtime students that are going to go on and spread Taekwondo, that those students should support him in life. And I think that that's uh, just a great statement. He said that, you know, they shouldn't pay me, but I should be comfortable. And so I think when I look at life in that way, uh, I, I'm not trying to, to roll around in, with fancy jewelry or fancy clothes all the time and uh, driving fancy cars, but I'm trying to live modestly on the, on the money that I have, right? And um, I think that also comes from him too, in a sense that, you know, he wears temple clothes everywhere. So he's not wearing fancy uh, uniforms. He wears a very plain white uniform as the Hamido uniform. And uh, so again, sometimes this flashiness on the outside maybe should be a symbol that like it's not the right place to follow not the right place to be sometimes yes. right yes. yes yeah um i uh so i want to put some other we talk about dr kim and i think that's important so that's where our base is this knowledge and i think that you saying that you've never been to another martial arts school is um it's good and bad because you don't have the other experience of like what that's like. Right. Sure. Um, and I think that in, in the sense of having an open mind, martial arts as a whole is really good for people. Right. And so when we look at corporate, um, or, or, uh, franchisee martial arts schools, what they've done is they've taken a business model and said, okay, we can, multiply this and we can spread this out more. And so we're sharing more martial arts, right? Um, what happens, I feel like with some of that is that those teachers don't always have the deeper understanding about why they're doing what they're doing, the process, and the focus becomes more on the black belt and the words, you know, maybe it is the, the student creed that they're following, but like how, how hard are they living it? Have they had really had the chance to be tested in that life yet like do they have that depth of knowledge or are they just kind of on their own out there floating um and trying to discover that on their own right right i think it's very rare again to find someone who understands that i i think that i mean i'm sure that there are are i can't the i'm thinking about the documentary on the jujitsu guy that, mm, oh yeah uh, gracie's yes and, you know, when you listen to him during that documentary and when you listen to him later on during it, because I got very, very fascinated, he talks about mind, body, and spirit. You know, mm -hmm. he talks about the fact that, you know, and, and you listen to those other fighters that he's that he had to go up against. It's it's a very different narrative, you mm -hmm. know. The, they're focused on the outcome, and he's not. You know, he's focused on the process and you watch the man work out and you watch the man practice his 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 practice yeah. i mean in and it's it's completely it's a completely different philosophy so to me i don't think that martial arts is magic in the mm -hmm. sense that if you do martial arts you do kicking and punching that you get this like you're saying that you get the 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 mind body and spirit connection mm -hmm. 
he was doing martial arts, but the way that he did martial arts and someone else, it, it could be totally different. Right. So it's like, what is your mindset going into this sort of situation? And that's the same thing for when you line yourself with a teacher. What is their mindset? Is their mindset to make as much money as possible? Mm-hmm. Is that their number one goal? Or is their number one goal to be in community with other people and to make their life better, to give them an opportunity to have, you know, wellness in their, you know, in their, in their person, um, in their whole person? Because you know, there are, I would think, many, many more, you know, athletic endeavors, whether it's martial arts or bar classes or, or anything else, you mm-hmm. know. It's like the difference between someone who is doing ballet, who just shows up and is doing first position, second position, third position, and somebody who is trying to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's different. You can go through mechanically the, you know, the, the, the technical aspect of it, and you can get a good workout, and you can get all these things. But that's not the same thing as someone else who's doing those positions and understanding how that's going to allow them to fly across a stage. You know, right. it's a different um, mindset. And I don't think that every single, I know that every single teacher that's out there teaching martial arts does not necessarily have the mindset of really fundamentally changing people, meeting them where they are and helping them to, to grow and to become, you know, uh, you know, the, the fittest, wellest person that they can be. Right. Yeah. No, I, yes, I think you're, um, exactly right that it is not something that is, uh, super common. Right. And I think that it's a, very big misunderstanding and it creates problems Mm. for the future of martial arts and for people that could have benefited from martial arts. So, um, this is another aspect of it of like the martial arts world has changed fundamentally in the sense of how a school and an instructor survives. Um, in the past it was based on locality, right? And so, Really, the person that you were wanting to train with, oh, maybe you wanted a style specifically. Oh, I want to go to karate or because I want to do nunchucks or I want to go over here and do Korean kicking or I want to go over here and learn jiu-jitsu. And so I really want to go to that specific spot. Um, but, you know, pre-internet, you might have had a couple of locations around town. And so you're going to probably go to those locations and try them or meet the people, right? Mm-hmm. Now we have the advent of social media and internet where we put up these websites this landing page where you get to come see or like our social media account that is constantly posting the happiest best pictures of what life could be at harvest for you right and so we're trying to paint this picture and get you to come in but we also are fighting with other schools now that are grabbing because of advertising right Mm -hmm. and so um the take on those people going into those other schools and the experiences that they have learning from maybe someone who doesn't have that level of knowledge or they're not teaching this thing. Um, then they, if they want to leave that school, then they have a bad taste in their mouth from dealing with contracts or this, that, and the other. And like, it becomes this big cycle, right? And when that cycle happens, I feel like there's a lot of people that get burned and then never 
want anything else to do with it. Right. And so that to me is uh, a sad part of like the current state of teaching and drawing people in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, I think there's a lot of positivity in the sense that word of mouth and growth draws people into these locations and harvest, I think has such a crazy community that comes here for when people understand like those things. Right. Absolutely. Um, well, I think when you, it's kind of the same thing that I would equate to like, like when you're in school, some of us have had really amazing teachers, right? Mm-hmm. But we probably have had fewer amazing teachers than we've had probably like average teachers or even terrible teachers. Right. right. I mean, and this is, I mean, I was a teacher for five and a half years. So, I mean, I hopefully I, I was a really amazing teacher during those five and a half years. I hope that I, you know, had stu- mom, I mean, students come into my room and, you know, and feel, you know, a place where they could, you know, be themselves and, and, and do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for me, that was a difficult, that was a lot, that was a great five and a half years, but it was also an exhausting five and a half years. Sure. And I think that um, it's, I would just sort of equate it to, to that kind of scenario where it takes a lot for, for you to show up every day um, and create this place for all of us to, um, to be in community. But, you know, you, you can see it, you know, you know, when you come in and, you know, we were here just yesterday, you know, adult class, and there were so many of us on the floor and so many black belts and so many, um, like, and, and new people and people who are couples and people who, who are not with their spouse and just every, you know, every single age group and young, old and all different sizes and we were all, it was just like such a great class and you could just feel that there was something else ha- happening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like, it's like what we were doing. It's not like what we were doing. It was, there was something else there, right. right? And when you feel that, but so many people, I think, have never felt that. So they don't even know that that's even possible. It's like if you've mm-hmm. always had a bad teacher and that you just think that that's, that's just like that's school right. like in your mind that that's just school like having a bad teacher or having a mediocre teacher or having a teacher that's exhausted there's a lot of reasons why teachers are you know right. but if you have that all the time that's what you think school is right so you, to your point like you're always going to think like i don't like school and you're like well actually no you would have probably loved school right if you had had teachers who you know, weren't having to do 17 other things besides, you know, teach that class. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's hard to know when you don't know the other thing. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know what you don't know, right? right? Um, no, I agree. And, you know, I guess if this, to give value to this conversation um, for somebody that was listening to it, I think that the discussion should also carry through to you know, if you are interested in martial arts and you are interested in getting your kids into martial arts or you're interested in weight loss journey or whatever, mm-hmm. you should really investigate who and what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's so easy for a phone call to be made and, you know, we receive phone calls 
here and somebody's just interested in martial arts. And so they're probably just going down the Google list. Maybe they've heard about us. Maybe they haven't. Maybe somebody, most times somebody referred them, then they, they know a little bit more about us, right? But people are just calling down the list and they're going to call multiple places. I mean, same thing if you're wanting to go eat at a restaurant or you're wanting to go purchase this thing, you're going to call all those people in that list until you find out, oh, this person can serve me, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you're going to go to that place. Well, the problem is that this, with the, with the salesiness of things, then that draws away and like, then people get looped into that, uh, they get pulled into that sale versus really getting to experience multiple locations, yes. you know? Um, and I think, I think that's really important when, when I had my hip surgery and this is not a common thing to do, but when I had my hip surgery, um, and I knew I was going to do it, I went and interviewed uh, physical therapists. And so like I went to the recommended physical therapist that had been recommended to me and talked to them. How are you going to help me? Do we even like each other? Like, right. am I going to, I'm going to spend a lot of time with you. Like, can you, are you going to be able to get along with me? And are you going to help push me? Are you going to take me back to where I need to be? Nice. And so I went to three or four locations and talked to these people. One location I immediately walked out of because I was like, this dude doesn't even like acknowledge my presence and I had to walk upstairs. It's like, how am I going to do this on crutches? You know? <laughs> this is silly. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, I really, I landed on a person and I continued to have a relation. I still have a relationship with that person now, years later, and I've gone back to them. I've sent other people to them and, because they are who they are, right? Yeah. And so I think that had I not um, lucked out and fallen in his hands, then I could have easily had a harder experience or not be back where I am now because of that positive experience. You didn't experience. luck out. You did, you did work. I mean, what you just, you just <clears throat> said was, I mean, I do. I wish people would do that same thing and not just go to whoever is closest or... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, I understand like there's always, you know, as a working parent, it was always like this cost factor, mm -hmm. you know, all these things to consider, but that which should be number one on the list is who is going to be that mentor for your, for your child or for, or for yourself. And, mm -hmm. and yes. And do you have, you know, are they going to be able to, um, like enrich your life? fully or are they just kind of you know doing the the bare the bare basics because there are some communities that are very toxic you know that will that will create and I and what I hope is that people are recognized it but I think so often you know you're talking about someone leaving and having bad taste in their mouth sometimes people don't leave and they don't mm. realize that they're in an, an angry setting or a setting that is not supportive of their, um, like their health journey, you know, so often, you know, you can be in an environment that wants to talk to you about nutrition in a way that's not really positive or good for you or any of those things, um, or for your children, um, or setting up an environment that is not, um, supportive regarding gender. I mean, there's just a million things that I could think of mm -hmm. community wise that, um, and it's in the challenge with these things is that it's not, it's not like they hand you a piece of paper and tell you all the things that they're going to do that are negative. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts. You get this 
it's like a slow drip and before you know it you know you have this kind of negative perspective or your children have a negative perspective or um I mean, because like one of the things that drew me to you right away is the very first day I showed up and Melissa was helping to teach and I saw two people who uh, were in partnership and respected each other and were kind to each other and, you know, all of those things. That's, you know, that kind of um, environment, you know, cre- is, is organic and creates all of these things that support that from a, you know, sort of a structure, especially for someone who has a, has a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that you didn't luck out. You did work. And that's what people need to do is just a little bit of work on the front end to make sure that they are in a community that has all of those values and morals and, and support. Because even if they say that's what we're not here for, by saying that's what we're not here for is saying something. Right. You know, it's like when people say, well, I didn't make a decision. That was a decision. You mm-hmm. not making the decision <clears throat> is the decision. You not supporting these things, not nurturing these things, not creating a environment where we push each other, but do it in a kind and helpful way. That is doing something, you right. know. Um, so it's it's really really important. It's important. Yeah, yeah. I think so. To to wrap all this up is just do your research, right? Yes. Like whoever you're paying attention to, understand, uh, kind of what well understand what they're teaching. Number one, and then also what their intention is, and you know uh, I think that. To just bring it back to Dr. Kim and Hamudo, Dr. Kim's intention is to live a positive, healthy life, to help others, and to follow his his student creed that he set forth, right? And um, to help guide his students to do the exact same thing for the people that are coming behind them. You know, um, he talks a lot about this being the first generation right now, while he's still alive, right? And so we're his first generation of students, even though that generation of students is deep, right? Um, But someday he's not going to be here. And so that message has to continue on and has to stay positive. Uh, And so, yeah, look out for yourselves. Yes. All right. So this is a high five, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. See you guys later. Thank you.